See in color. 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 the see in color podcast obviously i don't sound like max and that's simply because i'm not max who could replace him but don't worry i've not replaced him he is still here uh, basically we thought after 40 or so episodes something like 47 hours worth of content he hadn't actually himself been interviewed and i know that's kind of the point of some podcasts but you know we do things differently here at the see in color podcast um so without much further ado I do, rather. Uh, Max, welcome to your own podcast. How are you oh, doing? Thank you very much. I'm, I'm quite excited, mate. I feel like you've got, even just by the intro, I feel like you've got something a little bit, you know, sorted out here. And it's kind of nice because I don't really need to think on my feet. I can just answer you like a normal conversation rather than have to think of, think of topics. That's all on you tonight, mate. Yeah, no pressure. No pressure at all. No well, I, I, I guess I before out. before anything, I'd like to just say thank you ever so much for 40 episodes, um, because that's pretty sick. Um, successfully getting to episode 40, successfully doing um, every Monday since the start of the year so far, touch wood. Um, so yeah, it's been sick. So it's an absolute pleasure to have the most recurring guest, reoccurring guest as today's host really so uh best of luck to you player i'll hand it back to you and um godspeed good sir yeah no stress at all i'm not nervous my hands are only sweating a little bit <laughs> um no like it, did you know you've been doing this podcast for over a year now yeah 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 because I, I i remember starting it um starting it in uh, end of february i think so it's, it's just become a year hasn't it yeah, well, I had a look back at all your old stuff, and I think the first one came out the 27th of January. 27th of January, Christ. So yeah, literally so a year and a month. Yeah, a year and a month, basically. Yeah, see, see, that's kind of mad. I mean, there's been some gaps in between. Um, the worst probably being uh, around coronavirus, actually, um, which I don't know if that was fortunate or unfortunate. Um so it's not been like, because I guess that's what you'd think, oh, well, 52 episodes would be a year's worth of content. Um, but that's why I've tried to keep it up this year with the, with the um, every Monday. But I also, the weird thing as well is I think I started last year and I was trying to do like sometimes two or three episodes a week. Yeah. And I was doing like Monday, yeah, Wednesday were. and Friday and stuff like that. And I remember like speaking to a couple of people and they were like, I haven't even listened to like, three episodes ago and you've already put out another episode i just thought it's pointless trying to like grind and i think i burnt out actually the first time i think you burnt out the first time yeah because i remember you saying like when you did decide to have the break and i obviously coronavirus kicked off so it's a bit more annoying to do stuff um that was kind of why you had the break almost yeah like in between i don't know exactly when you had the break um but yeah, it was definitely, I definitely feel like doing even two a week would burn you out pretty quick. Oh, like one mate. a week I feel is manageable. I mean, I don't do it, but you know. One a week is manageable. 
Um, and sometimes, admittedly, like cock on the table, it's a push. Like, mm. I, I, it doesn't just come naturally. I'm like planning it into the week and I'm like, right, I need to do it here. It normally comes to like Thursday and I'm like, fuck, I haven't got a podcast episode. That's why like recently I tried to stack them. Um, mm. And I actually had like a period of about three weeks, I think, where I didn't actually have to record an episode because I just consecutively just edited and then put them out because they were all recorded. Um Whereas then since moving and that's kind of thrown everything off and I've just had other priorities getting that sorted. Um, yeah, of course. The podcast has kind of fallen down a little bit um, with that in terms of like last week's episode or sorry, episode 38 came out. I literally recorded it the day before and I think it was it made for a good episode, um, but I'd, I would like to get into the routine again of kind of coming up with ideas fresh recording them as and when stacking them up editing them and then just having to worry about what order to put them in sort of thing yeah i mean there's one that we done geez when did we do that like september last year okay. that we have that's not been put out yet oh that one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. because yeah. i can actually I, tell we, you when we, that one's recorded <laughs> we <laughs> we were about a year ahead of ourselves at that point. <laughs> I, it's a great idea. I, I love. I oh, yeah. love. I love the idea for the of the um, the episode, which we won't reveal. August seventeenth of August, twenty twenty. We recorded that because um, we did a couple of episodes that day, mm. and we did one that could have been chucked in, which I believe we probably would have done then. Um, and then yeah, recorded that one. And I was thinking, great, that's good. I have that one in my backpack. And that backpack, I, I basically fucking left it in the loft because I haven't had to <laughs> d dig it up for a year. And then coronavirus has meant that it's been even more uh, yeah. more delayed. But um, I do think, I still think, I'd, um, I haven't edited it yet, actually, because I just haven't needed to. Um, but I think that would be a good episode. It's an interesting one. Yeah, uh, I actually feel uh, like, because I'm pretty, I'm not as knowledgeable on music as you are and probably all of your guests are. Um, <laughs> but I feel like the subject or the thing we talk about in that, uh, it's like the, uh, it's one of the few things I'm quite confident talking about. Yeah, mate. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that, um, like, your confidence in general comes out. And I think that's why with the episode we did recently with, like, Sam and I sharing songs with you, I think that fits in terms of the level because that's us sharing songs to you because you're a little bit more intermediate in terms of music. If you said out of Sam, you and I, like, you're still kind of... I, don't, I, I wouldn't say up to the same par because that just makes me sound like a cock. But, yeah, it's just... It, like, music just isn't as a bigger thing for you as it might be no, for Sam and ne I. Never really, never really has been. No, exactly. Where, but the the James Bond, there's, like, a definite, definite like, drive for you towards that because you've got quite a like a, a thing behind that well i grew up watching whatever dad wanted to watch so yeah exactly <laughs> exactly on films and black and white westerns yeah <laughs> well, there you go good old mitch but yeah, yeah. so I, I i think that um and that definitely shows when when you have confidence towards a topic in terms of because it's not just knowledge on a topic it's also passion about it um because if if you don't if you're trying to do something that you don't have passion about, I don't think I think it's very obvious, especially when you're when you've got a medium 
where people are literally just listening to you talk. So you mm. can't you can't act in terms of you can't look happy, but what you're saying maybe isn't you know as passionate or you know whatever you you can't do you can't that. fake it not no. for that amount of time anyway not when no. you're just talking straight no exactly and that's why I've tried to throughout I've tried to, to to the best of my abilities not bullshit through these and like if I felt something about a certain song kind of said it um, I remember saying to you obviously like with interviews and stuff and people bringing songs to the show I don't want someone to bring a song they're passionate about and then start slacking it off because it's it's all um, it's all opinion at the end of the day. It's like, subjective, isn't it? It's subjective. It's art. It's, it is subjective. But um, I think it's still like, I, so I don't want to sit there and go like, oh, no, I didn't really enjoy that one. I just, you'll notice that I talk more about songs that I'd enjoy, that I enjoyed when mm. doing the interviews. Like say if someone brings five songs and I talk more on three than I do two, that's because I enjoyed those three more than yeah. I did the other two and that's just natural yeah. you just have more to talk about whereas rather than sitting there and then talking loads about the two and slagging them off I just rather go yeah yeah that's a really good tune like really enjoyed it da, 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 da. Um, oh so but then this tune and then kind of go on to it like that yeah it's easy done that way and it feels it flows it's more natural exactly, exactly. it's like you're having a talk a conversation with the listener which a conversation is, um, with the listener yeah that's it. Okay. exactly I think that's well, the whole point of a podcast isn't it conversation I think so and obviously that formula's worked for you because it's been, you know, just over a year. Did you mm -hmm. think you'd be doing it this long? Did you have any sort of um, ideas of where you wanted to go with it when you first started? Or was it just like a, a gap filler because COVID was around the corner? Um, or was it a pick-me-up? It was. Well, to be fair, when it started, mate, it wasn't a, it wasn't a COVID filler. COVID wasn't a thing early, just, uh, early January. True. Um, that's true I think I had just finished working at the pub so it was like I was kind of ending I was just about to embark on like a new chapter mm. whatever that chapter was at the time like I don't I didn't really have an idea of what that chapter might have been um, but I was definitely like about to go to the next step and I was like well I'd done the, a bit of the podcast with Sam before, uh, the Humbucker podcast um, that him and I did with more like alternative music. And I remember thinking like, I really enjoyed, I did a lot of research into how to make, how to like create the podcast and put it out. And because there's so many scams out there, like telling you that you need to pay like a subscription to put out a certain amount of episodes, like Anchor, the host that I use, like genuinely shout out to Anchor. If anyone wants to start a podcast like i recommended this uh thing for adam adam does the um purposeful pursuit podcast and i told him to use anchor because anchor doesn't have a cap on length um so you could do hours of content it doesn't have a cap on how many episodes it doesn't have a cap on where you extend it to it's it's brilliant but there's so many websites i remember having to change the whole podcast of the humbucker podcasts host site because the host site I was using said, oh, if you want to put out any more episodes, you have to pay £5 oh, a month. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so I, I had to turn it around. So I guess it was kind of like learning from mistakes and also I remember almost being 
because I think we only did six episodes of the Humbucker podcast. And I remember kind of three or four episodes in, I felt like I'd limited myself to how much I wanted to talk about because I put it subjectively to the like heavier genre. And then mm. I started thinking, well, maybe it's not just heavy. It's like alternative because it's like that Kerrang! magazine feel. And I was like, that's still not touching on like, I can't talk about the Hans Zimmer and the... Um, like the the PlayStation um, game soundtracks or the movie soundtracks or the fucking, the stuff that my parents used to listen to that they've got me into. Yeah. Like, I can't talk about any of that because I've limited myself to this niche. Um, but I also noticed that podcasts aren't like radio stations. They don't play music. And um, yeah, starting it back then in January, it was kind of like, well, let's have another crack at it. Let's... Um, let's try and do music. But I guess I just realized that I've gone on that huge tangent. Your question was really like, did you think it would be where it is? Did you have any benchmarks? I didn't have any benchmarks to be honest, mate. No. Um, I had no gauge of how well it'd be received. Um, if I'd keep it up, um, obviously I was hopeful that I'd keep it going. Um, mm. and I had like the ideas of, Oh yeah, if we get to 25 episodes, if we get to 50 episodes, and, but that was all like kind of hypothetical. That wasn't like when I get to the 50th episode, do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, I guess it's hard to plan, isn't it? Oh, for something oh, like that. Because like, mate, like this is the thing. I mean, you, you've noticed with your, like your YouTube stuff, as soon as life starts getting in the way, it's really difficult to keep this stuff up. Oh, it's um, a pain in the ass. Yeah. And, and that's not because you don't have enough drive or passion in it. It's just like doing this sort of thing. Um, when it's not like earning you a living is difficult to yeah. keep up. Um, but I think the thing that's kind of driving me now and why, you know, we've got to this point where we're reaching just over a year of, of doing it and now hoping to go on more is because I've, I've, I've managed to keep up now for almost two months consecutive episodes i don't want to let myself down mm. it's not because it's not because i think i'm going to start getting a barrage of emails saying or messages of people saying where's the next episode we want to hear the next episode i don't think that's going to happen at all it's more literally just like i'm like you know what why why stop now yeah it's almost I mean? like a habit now yeah almost exactly like a hobby and, yeah yeah it's a hobby mate uh, like and i've noticed as well like the reception of episodes and the consistency of listening is heightened by consistency of release. Um, when, when the podcast dipped out, listening dipped out as well. And then yeah. as soon as it brought back, it came back a bit, but then consistency dropped again and it dropped out. Whereas now we've got like, so estimated audience always used to be around like 20, 25. Now it's like 47. So it's like, 47 consistent listeners like the website reckons um and that's because of consistency so it's like i owe it to myself to do it but also to owe it to like this hypothetical audience that is obviously yeah. keeping going because of the consistency you know how many listeners are you on then that's got to be 40 episodes at like 47,000, uh, 47,000, Jesus, 47, <laughs> 47 odd views. Yeah. You imagine that. Yeah. Um, that's like 2000 odd views. No. Yeah. We've just hit, I think it was actually yet today or yesterday. 
Um, we've got 2,011 plays. Um, oh, get on. Which is, yeah, I mean, it's not listens all the way through every single episode, but I was thinking about this last night, actually. I went into, got into bed and I was like, fuck, like, not that I think about my own podcast when I go to sleep. But um, <laughs> I was thinking about this interview today and I was like, like, that's 2,011 people that have, t- like, clicked or 2011 clicks, not 2011 different people, 2011 clicks yeah. on a podcast, purposefully or not, and then at least maybe listen to the intro. And I was like, that's sick. That's sick. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, um, how, many, yeah, so, how many of them are you? <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't think I've actually listened to a whole episode of mine all the way through ever. Um, no. Um, I think I've listened to... I, I, I never listen to the ones that I've done on my own. Um, no, I that'd be pro- weird. I could probably listen to the ones where I've done an interview hmm. just out of the interest of it. Um, but no, uh, to be honest, normally like listening listening to it once it's been out, it's either been to show someone or to just check something. Like yeah, just be yeah. like, oh, what was that song? Or um, oh, how, how did that bit come out? Because... Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I have no interest in... I'm not I'm not a huge podcast listener, to be honest, mate. Um, and if I was to listen to a podcast, the last thing I want to do is listen to myself talk. Yeah, which is what I, I'm, listening to your own voice is not, it's not ideal. Because for my YouTube, obviously, I've got to edit whatever I put together. Hmm. So I have to listen to the sound of my own voice, which I hate yeah. anyway. See, so, I, I don't get yeah. that. I don't get, like, because I know a lot of people are like that. They're like, oh, I hate the sound of my own voice and stuff like that. And um, I wouldn't say I sit there and go like, oh, that sounds class. Because I, I, I sometimes think I'm like, fuck, I sound so cringy or I hate the voice, like, my voice yeah. sounds too nasally there or my voice breaking there. I guess it just doesn't, it just doesn't bother me. Like, it's not that I love it. It just doesn't phase me listening okay. to it because I'm like, I've got a job to do here. I need to edit it up and, and splice it all up. So, um, yeah, listening listening back to it for the editing doesn't bother me, but I would never sit back and just listen to my own podcast. I think that's just a bit bait, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not, so you're not going to fall asleep to the sound of your own voice. Which is weird, actually, because I, <laughs> I wanted to ask you, <clears throat> you know, you see those interviews like Graham Norton and celebrities come on and they're actors or actresses and they're like, oh, no, I, I haven't actually watched the film I'm in. And I've always been like, yeah, but imagine if you were in, like, Lord of the Rings and exactly. you never watch it. But, like, after doing the podcast, I'm like, I can understand why you wouldn't. Because, like, why would you want to see... You're literally actually just seeing you work. And it's hard for us to, like, think about because it's, like, this world-renowned film or these world-renowned films... And they never but get unless, to experience it because you wouldn't want to watch yourself work. Do you know what I mean? Unless, unless you're like, I don't know, unless you're Tom Hanks in Castaway and literally your co-star is a volleyball. Yeah. I can yeah. understand not watching that because you know that it's all green screen and, and whatever. But if it's something like, I don't know, say you're Chris Evans. Yeah. in the art Who's Captain America in like Avengers and that. He's not the main guy. He's one of them, but he's not the main one. Do you not think yeah. you could watch it and just sort of like glaze over the scenes that you're in if you feel that bad about it? Or like even See, like something like a TV series like Game of Thrones. If you're Amelia Clark, there was bound to be like 
a few episodes where you're just not in it at all, particularly at the beginning. I just don't think you'd enjoy it the same way. I don't think you can enjoy it the same way. Don't get me wrong. Like, I I like watching, like, you know, the videos we've done with Harry. Oh, uh, yeah. I like watching those, and I like seeing the bits that I'm in because I like seeing what it's like from the perspective of the camera, from how I yeah. remember it. Yeah. I enjoy watching that. Um. So, but I don't know. I guess, like I said, like, this is the first time I've realized, like, oh, I kind of understand why, because I never understood why. I never understood why actors would turn around and say, no, I haven't seen the film I'm in. And you're like, yeah, but you don't get to see it with all the special effects and all the music and like why we think it's so epic. Yeah. Like you just saw it with the green screen and the fucking leotard suit and the spots in your face. And we're seeing it with all this, that and the other. And, and I kind of understand it to a degree now. Yeah, I can yeah. understand it. Weird one, weird one. It is funny. Weird. I, I agree with you though. I've always thought about that. Yeah. Well, seeing as that that was kind of brought up you on about Graham Norton and in interviews and stuff. Yeah. Who has been your favourite? Obviously, me excluded. Because you bias. excluded. Who's been your favourite interview? If if you would say. Um, gosh, man, like the, the, I don't think when when I think of interviews, I don't think of the ones where I've had like you or Sam or. Uh, say like Mimi at the start of the year well actually maybe Mimi was a bit different because I didn't really know Mimi I knew you and Sam having you and Sam on doesn't feel like an interview that just feels like getting my mates on to chat about an episode what I mean as in I don't necessarily mean like interview interview not like this because we're just like having a conversation I mean as in like what's meant the most to you value wise of having like a certain guest um, because you've had like some like fairly, you know, successful musicians on here and a yeah. wide variety of people. Yeah, we uh, we've um, yeah, I I I think that um, having, I mean, the the main ones that, I mean, really, it's not it's not been a huge amount, but obviously you had, you had Jacob, um, you had Sam Brockington, you had Sarah Toner, you had Life Like Charlie. Um, Jamie Yost. Um, see, I I think the I think the one that stands out for me is the one with Sam Brockington. Um, the one with Jamie was sick, but he's kind of like a mate from work as well. Like that wasn't like just an artist that I reached out to to speak to. Um, the interview with Jacob was done artificially. So I asked him questions on Instagram. He recorded his response and I recorded over that. Um, and then Serotona was really good fun. Um, and Life Like Charlie was really good fun. But the technical difficulties we'd had kind of ruined the flow a little bit. The, I think the, the interview came out really nicely. Um but I don't think we really had as much fun as we could have done. Um, I think because we were saying we need to meet up for beers and and have kind of like a one-on-one chat and put it in a put it in a podcast. I think that would be great fun. But we didn't really capture that as much or as well because of Zoom. And this is the bastard, mate. Like we're doing this over Zoom at the moment, but you and I have been fortunate enough to sit in the same room and do it. And it flows a lot nicer, doesn't it? Oh, do you know what I mean? Like it, it feels. 
I don't know, just more personable. And I think if you feel more personable doing it, then it feels more personable for the audience. But I think the thing with Sam Brockington was, even though I knew him, um, he's like a fam- like distant family friend for me and him, I think, because I, I was quite young when um, he was around. Um, but I was so fucking nervous, like, mm. just before. I remember you saying. Because I was like, I, I'd... I'd organized it and then thought yeah cool and put it to the back of my mind and then i remember getting to the point you know say like the feeling of i guess you've ne- never i never had to go on a tinder date but like <laughs> talking the talk on tinder and be like yeah let's meet up da, 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 great and then that little there's like a little realization when you leave the house and you're like fuck i'm going to meet this person i don't know what they're like in person i don't know if they'll like me in person i don't know how it's going to flow what if it's awkward what if this happens how do i instigate this but then what happens is then you end up meeting them and if you are moderately similar it just it just works like that do you know what i mean like it just you don't you don't have to actively think about it and what happened with sam brockington was i was sat there so nervous never done an interview over zoom and I was like, I did so much like prep in terms of I was listening to all his songs on the bus. I was making notes about them on the way into work. I was like going through his whole, di- I made sure I listened to his whole discography and, and made a note of when everything came out. Um, and when he did certain things, I went through his Instagram to see if like there was any tours he did that aren't mentioned and stuff like that. Um, and then I didn't really need it. It was like on the side and I was using it as reference, but the, the conversation just flowed. And at the end, he said like, I've done a fair few interviews in my time. Um, and that was really like nice and flowy. And I just felt personable. And I was just like, oh, that yeah, like that means a lot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, confidence so that, booster. Exactly. That gave me the confidence to then reach out to the likes of like Sarah Toner and just say like, could we do an interview? And then it was that nervousness of, I'm just about to go on Zoom with this person I've never spoken to properly before. And mm. then it just, it like, I had so much more confidence for that Zoom. I was still nervous, but I had confidence for that interview because of the Sam Brockington interview. So, uh, yeah. long-winded answer, Sam Brockington. Nice. We actually <laughs> answered one. Yeah. We answered Get a on. question. I don't believe it. Well, seeing as you've uh, it's drawn the- the uh, the questions a little bit. Or the I think it's the, um, it's the it's the beer talking now, mate. I think it's it's, it's a, a lovely idea. It's a lovely idea to have a beer and an interview. I think so. Cheers. But yeah, oh, um, yeah. yeah, It's it's definitely making me <laughs> chat a little bit more than normal. Yeah. Well, uh, let's get you a little bit of toast on the go, and we'll listen to a track, shall we? Go on. You got All anything right. in mind, or uh, so pop one on. I think I would like to listen to something I've added recently to my... Go for it. And before you play it, I'm going to ask you a question because I feel like you need time to think about the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So of all of the songs, and I know there's been a lot of them, so this is why you need a bit of time. Of all the songs that you have discovered through the podcast... Which one have you liked, or which which has been your favourite? What's made it onto the Max playlist? Oh, I tell you what, we'll we'll play this one then, this song because this this has actually been played three times at, after being played now because 
this is this holds the the thing for this is my favorite song and it's um killing it by foxy shazam oh sweet yes yeah yeah so this one was um lovely guy tim um recommended for the podcast i remember seeing it when he wrote it and i was like foxy shazam killing it i was like fucking hell all right and obviously like when i've put them on the the uh podcast i genuinely when i say like i've never listened to them before i've genuinely never listened to them so i go into them completely blind and i played it like three or four times after i finished doing that podcast i was so in love with the song like the the way the um his voice reminded me of freddie mercury phenomenal voice like the lineup of instruments the the feel-good vibes of it as well i was like this is such an uplifting song and it's so unique and so cool um so yeah i'd say 100 percent. and this will be yeah let's play that for the first track then um foxy shazam killing it brilliant My fault. 
right, lovely. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. That was Foxy Shazam with Killing It or Killing It, and they certainly Killing. killed it, didn't they? Oh, it's a good song. It's it's such a good feel good song, mate. Like if you're ever feeling ready to, if you want to get ready to, like I don't know, go for a run, ready for a night out, but you're getting ready or something like that. Yeah, Killing It. Pop that on. Such a good song. It's good, isn't it? Bloody love it. Speaking of feel good. Recently, uh, well, the week of recording this, we've uh, we've had the news that lockdown is hopefully gonna uh, sod off at some uh, point in the near. F- it's not, I wouldn't say within touching distance, but it's definitely uh, looking positive, more positive finally. than it has done for about a year. Yes, yeah. which is. I was speaking to someone recently, and they were like. Yeah, I've been really pessimistic recently. I was like, this is the time you want to be optimistic now because I really do think... Um, like, genuinely, um, I got, like, what, Monday morning this week, so this will be two weeks from when this comes out. Two weeks ago, I got a, a notification. I get BBC News come through on my phone. Mm-hmm. I wake up and it says the, you know, the the two um, vaccinations, like the Pfizer vaccination, what's it, whatever it's called, and the other one. And the Oxford one. And it says, yeah, <clears throat> and it says that um, Scotland have shown reports that within four weeks, um, hospitalizations as a result of COVID have, have been reduced by 94%. Mm. And I was actually like, I genuinely, I genuinely remember waking up and like... I think this. I think it's more identifiable because of running and stuff like that, and kind of the idea of getting like a natural high. And I mm. remember genuinely waking up reading that and and genuinely just feeling like a little bit high. And I don't mean as in like high as in like oh my god I'm fucking tripping and like seeing like, gurning your tits off, like. <laughs> gurning my tits off because I've read BBC news headlines. <laughs> I mean like I've woken up and I've genuinely just felt like ready to start the day. Like yeah. I've literally felt the serotonin clock in as a result. Um, and I was like, here we go. Like, that's not just saying, oh, we found the vaccine. Oh, it might do this. It might do that. That's, this is saying like, right. So the only reason we are in lockdown isn't because of the deaths, which are, it is such a, a horrible side effect of COVID. But the reason we are in lockdown is because COVID is, is overrunning hospitals so if we find a way to make COVID not under overrun hospitals, then we can get out. Does yeah. that make sense? So so to get to see that on um on a news headline was yeah incredible, absolutely incredible. It's good, isn't it? It's so good. If um I saw this one on a video the other day, so I'm going to ask it okay. to you as well. Yeah. If obviously like you had no commitments or anything and you could just do whatever you wanted if i click my fingers now and lockdown was to end like that instant what's the first thing you do see i've been in the fortunate position where i was living with my parents so it wouldn't be like go and hug my family or anything like that because i've been quite privileged with that um honestly like realistically it would be um just invite not like have a massive house party and just get like but just invite people round to the house for the day in in a sunny day and have mm. like a barbecue and a gathering and just hug people and be around people um 
I, I honestly genuinely feel like um, it'd be one of those things where I'd want to like <laughs> it makes me sound like an like an absolute crazy person but like go go like into the city centre and like just hug people just because you can because you don't need to worry about this social distancing rule you don't need to like I went for a run today and this woman pulled her dog into the path so that I could run on this path because the path was like the width of one person and I still mm. ran through the mud on the side of the path because I was so conscious that I was like I don't because uh, you, you're running and you're breathing and you're like <laughs> and I didn't want to like breathe on her and make her feel uncomfortable because of COVID because I didn't know how she's feeling about that yeah. and to yeah to to just be able to not not think about not have to think about that and just go up to people and just be like in contact with them just yeah i i i want to be i want to be in a club and not because i want to be like off my tits i just want to be in a club and just surrounded by people do you know what i mean like yeah, i, I just want to be mean. like bumping up against people and just be in contact i'm craving that so much um yeah like to not be weirded out by being within two meters of someone. Yeah, because it doesn't. It don't get me wrong. It doesn't weird me out because I don't feel that way about the virus. But it um, you, you have to be so conscious about how other people might feel about it, and especially yeah. say, mate. Honestly, if I'm wor- wor- walking near, or like say, if I'm in the supermarket and there's an old person. I'm so much more attentive to where I'm, where my head is, where my mouth is, where I'm walking when there's an old person in the aisle. Do you know what I mean? And to be in a position where you don't have to think about that anymore and just be like, you know, like I, there was, I remember being in the co-op once and an old lady, like she was ferreting through a purse and she dropped her card. And I was like, do I pick it up? Because if I pick it up, I have to, I have to touch it and I'm in contact with her. But my first instinct was to pick it up. And you know the most beautiful thing would be to not have to think, have to have that brain process when an old lady drops something on the floor. Yeah, just to just help go, them yeah. and not, yeah, not do have to worry. Do what's natural and not have to like second guess everything you do. That's it. That's it. I think that would be the thing. Like in terms of what would you do? I'd invite all of you round and just have beers and fucking hug you all day. But in terms of what would be what you'd get most pleasure out of it would be <laughs> knocking stuff out of old ladies hands and helping them pick it up <laughs> and then helping them pick it up afterwards yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly exactly but yeah, yeah. it's um it sounds it certainly sounds like it's on its way mate it Hopefully. certainly does only fingers crossed four months in theory i think i, I remember saying this to my mum. i said like you know what at the moment we're in lockdown I don't care if they tell us we're out in four months, but we're out in four months. The thing that hurts is when the, when they're like, oh yeah, you're in lockdown in January. And they're like, we actually don't know what we're doing. And we also don't know when we might come out. Whereas now we've got statistics that are backing up an exit strategy, you know? The worst thing is saying, so like if it was now, they turn around and said, ah, oh, well, we can have you out by the end of March but you only get like a month of freedom, then we're back in the shit for like another six yeah. months. They know they know they can't do another lockdown, mate. They can't. They've they've done three. They that like society is just not going to function if if it um if they put us back into one after letting us out. 
And that's why it's so good to see they finally come up with this, like, a genuine exit, exit strategy. There's no, it's not set in stone. Um, but at the same time, it makes sense. Like I, was t like I said, I was talking to my mum about it. She's a teacher. And she was like, when people can meet up in groups of six is after the school Easter holidays. That's 110% deliberate. Oh, yeah. you can't so, so so then people can't do that whilst they're on holiday it has to be afterwards when kids are back to school yeah. like there's things like that, that they're taking into account that that make this plan look actually thought through and meticulous rather than the stuff that's been coming out the past year there's things they weren't thinking about before but i yeah. remember um the kids got sent back, or at least the the staff, like my mum and that. They had to. They went back to school, and I forget what break it was. Um, but we were coming out of a lockdown, and they said, "Oh, schools have to come out on this date." And it was literally a week before, like a two week holiday, like the Easter holiday or something. And it was like, "No, just hold it off for a week, and then yeah. you've got two weeks extra for free." of yeah. like not having them in school mingling that close yeah and it just makes exactly. sense but this to this time around it feels like they're they're considering more of that side of it it's, it's less rushed because i think they've realized that they can't rush it you well, have because to, it takes a lot of time exactly their priority's always been the nhs but then they're also like unspoken until now priority is being children's education or apparently being children's education and I think that's why they've kind of, without really thinking it through, they've been like, let's get the kids in, let's get the kids in. And it's like, well, you know what? You could actually afford yourself this mm. if you think about it longevity-wise. That I think that's the thing that wound me up is that going into it, I was like, okay, you know, this is what it is, it is what it is. There was never a, 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 like a, a six-month plan put in place. Yeah. Arguably, who could have done that at the time? But this is the first time they've planned like three months in advance they've yeah. never done that this no. whole year like they've always said they've always gone by about i think six weeks is probably the most they've kind of planned ahead and the daft thing um, is there's always been like a two-week delay on yeah like between when you contract it and when you can like potentially show symptoms so there is always yeah. going to be like a two-week sort of gray area either side yeah. of whatever kind of lockdown they they give and so, well, you need to think about that as well. Exactly. Ah, I don't know. Exactly. But and this is the first good. time it looks like they've they've thought about that. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad exactly. it's looking good. I'm glad it's looking good. And some barbecue around your place. Oh. 100%, mate. It'll be good. You're all invited. Well, the listeners Anyone listening, as well, you're invited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come along. <laughs> it's not your house at the matter. <laughs> it's also, everyone listening is probably my mum and... The dogs, so they, they're more than welcome. Oh, of course. Everyone's dogs. The dogs more than the people, really. Yeah, to be honest. <laughs> Happily have the dogs around. Got any plans for the future of the podcast? For the future of the podcast? Um, I want to do more interviews. Um, funnily enough, actually, we had episode 38 came out, and I just I did some songs that I was listening to at the time. Mm. One of them being a song that I'm still listening to massively. I'm actually wearing their merch at the moment, Captives. Um, they had a song, uh, Falling Apart, that I played. And um, they're the first 
artist that I've tagged on an Instagram post that they've responded and said, thank you for playing our song. Um, and I then, I literally jumped to the opportunity. I was like, oh, can I, can I do an interview with you? <laughs> and um, they were like, oh, we're quite busy. Um, Cause I think they've got some stuff, stuff in the works, but they said like, give us a message after like the beginning of March and we'll see what we can do. And I've literally set a reminder for the date they said I could start messaging them for so that I remember to literally message them on the day. I'll be like, hi, can I interview you now? Um, that's what I want to start trying to do because you know, like when you see YouTubers and they do those kind of interviews and then you're like, how do they get that? I want to yeah. start falling into those like channels where people are getting those kinds of opportunities. Um, because yeah, because I, th I think there's, there's a noticeable difference to it's, it's so fun speaking to audience members about what songs they like, because that brings something new. It's really fun speaking to up and coming musicians um, that are local as well, um, mm. because they bring something different. Um, Sam Brockington, maybe a little bit more than just like a local musician. You know, he's got like Glastonbury experience and stuff like that. Um, so that that shows an insight. But then like these, you know, I'd like to try and push the boundary a little bit more than I'd say Sam Brockington is the highest we've got so far. Um, I'd like to I'd like to try and go. I think captives would be like the next step up. Do you know what I mean? Like they're they're a signed band, the uh, Sharp Tone Records. They're they're putting out singles. They haven't released an album yet, which I think is why it's so exciting. Um, and they're just about to embark on a career within a genre of music that they're kind of paving a way for. So mm. I think like that that's kind of an exciting um, next step. And I'd like to continue on that. Do you know what I mean? I'd like to see if that offers any opportunities as a result. Um, see if we can do anything with that. Yeah. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but the podcast has already helped you with what you're going to do next. Oh, 100%. Um, I'm going to be doing a, a master's in film um, come September this year. And um, the, I included the podcast in my portfolio. And the podcast has taught so, like myself so much about like um, attentiveness and production value, um, coming up with ideas, how to advertise, which I don't think I'm very good at. I think that unfortunately... I'm, I feel like I'm failing the most at engagement outside of the episodes um, because I don't... I, <laughs> I started on the Instagram page. You look, the Instagram page looks fucking beautiful. It is nice. It's, it's just, really it's, nice it's, looking. <clears throat> it's the flow of colour for the first season and then the second season are the, all these fantastic um, pictures. Shout out to Mr. O'Boyle for mm. sorting that out. Um and it looks class, but <laughs> there's no engagement. Like what? Like people don't really care about seeing that on their feed. Like that's a good post to have because it's a reminder. But there needs to be in between stuff, um, and that's kind of what I'm trying to think of in the back of my mind at the moment. Is like what I can do um, as a weekly occurrence. Say. So, um, you know, like 
Instagram pages of up and coming people like they're, they're posting sometimes they're posting daily yeah. and it's not just stories like they're posting stuff and it's significant stuff as well it's not just bollocks it's not filler it's it's meaningful posts um and I don't know what avenue have, to go with that they have they would have like a backlog of stuff whereas you don't you're almost almost like week on week so it's harder yeah. to get the Especially the daily stuff. There's no way, particularly for but Instagram. What do you on, mate? Do you know what I mean? Like that—that's the thing. Like, yeah. Um, say someone that starts a food Instagram, you make a local, made it, make a load of recipes, make a load of food, and you, but you backlog it. So yeah. you well, spend you a whole like week. Fifty photos. Take fifty photos. Fifty days worth of stuff. Like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, but what do you, what do you backlog for a, a, a podcast based on music? Because I don't want it to be news because the, the whole point of the podcast is it isn't to be up to date with music. No. It's not the point. Do you know what I mean? Like. It's not like a music like it's, magazine, it, is it? Yeah, it is. I don't even know. I don't even really know where to go from there. Like I don't, I, I'm, I'm stuck on the idea of making the making the idea have a comprehensive uh, daily update. Well, perhaps you should have a chat with a marketer. <laughs> if, if only you knew yeah. one. Yeah. I'll speak to, speak to Anne, mate. Yeah, right. I'll speak to Anne. She, she'll sort me out. I mean, she, she's doing very well with her... Uh, um, shout out, Crotchet Jane. Crotchet. crotchet. Jesus Christ. I always, I always, <laughs> I always say Crotchet. Oh, I'm so sorry. You I'm might so have picked sorry, that up. Annie. She just said, oh, God, as she's sitting there crotchetting. Oh, she's <laughs> crotchetting. <laughs> yeah, call it knitting. Knitting. Um, crocheting. Crochet daydreams. Um yeah, no, she's done incredibly well. So maybe I should speak to speak to Anne on some some marketing advice for that. Because um, but even that, it transfers across so much better on a platform like Instagram, because it's you can take a photo yeah. of what you've made. You can take a photo of like works in progress. You can take like a I suppose you could you could take a screenshot of uh, like the audio recording on your Mac or something and upload it and be like. Yeah, what are we having today? But, but this, then even the, then, I you can't do that every day because it rinses it. Uh, one, it rinses it. Two, to be honest, mate, people don't care. Nah. Like this is the thing. Like, um, I've got. No, I, I don't have anything exciting to be like. Oh, I'm so excited to be sharing this with you. Like, each episode, I'm I'm ecstatic with, and I don't think I ever like half ask. Or half ass an episode to the point where I'm like, oh yeah, that'll do. Like, I like to think that every episode that comes out is genuinely a good one. Um, but it still doesn't then mean it deserves sort of like a hype. Do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't need a hype of like five posts before it. Exactly. Um, it's like no one's going to care that no. like you and me are doing this one. They're going to expect you to be doing it. No one gives a shit who I am. So why? (laughs) You're not going to do like two or three days worth of hype going, oh, we've got this bold prick on here doing the interviews and that. It's going to be great. Well, no. It's not as though you've got... The marketing for this episode would be to say to like, thank you for 40 episodes. Um, Like we've changed it up and you've been interviewing me. Um, 
which is a selling point, but it, it doesn't it doesn't deserve multiple posts. No, like it it deserves posts on story, um, which it will next week. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I think you're right. It's just podcast isn't a medium for Instagram as uh, as strongly. Uh, I think the idea I had initially was that um, the podcast would be like the 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 broadcasting platform but like social media would be the like the interactive community aspect of it um hmm. and how do i you guess get, I, how do you get your um people coming in with the requests then for tracks and stuff is that for instagram well um i this is the thing because the the episodes don't really do that anymore like we've kind of steered off that like the Initially, it was people... Sometimes people would comment on the post, and that was sick. Um, again, it was never... I've never had... I've never had someone that I don't know comment on a post or send a message and say, can you play this? Do you know what I mean? Like, the community... Mm. That, that part of the community is purely based on my friendships with people and people I know. Um, don't get me wrong. Like, that response almost means more. Because that's like people you know, so people you you know of them, you respect their opinions, and the fact that they've taken the time to then say to you, "I've really enjoyed this," or "I'd really like you to share this," or what have you, like that's that's almost better. Do you know what I mean? So that's class. But the 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 podcast episodes don't really they don't share music in that way anymore. Like I think that the that I I enjoy the interaction with the other person. Um, and I feel like it's it's rather than doing an episode where it's me talking and having five recommendations from five different people, it's hard to keep up every week mm. if you're doing a podcast like mine, which isn't hugely popular and like massive and has loads of responses and stuff like that. So you kind of have to ad- adapt for longevity. And what makes more sense is like asking people to come on and share their five five songs and just talk to you on the, on an episode and people are more up for that because that's more exciting for people. Um, yeah, you get their uh, opinion on it as well. They're coming in with their song. It's not relying on you to say like what you what were saying earlier. If you spend two minutes talking about a song that you didn't quite like, or like ten minutes one you really did like, exactly. in theory the person that's come on likes all of their songs, so they're going to be able to have like a similar level of input yeah a hundred percent um so I've, i feel like having having the person come on is better and what i'd like is for it to get to the point where like pe- people would just say like could i hop on an episode because i'd love to just be able to because i can just turn around and say yeah like it's because it's not that big a deal um yeah. There's there's been a couple of people where they've been like talking about it. They'd be like, "Oh, they, I love this," but and I'm like, "Do, do you want to come on?" And they're like, "Yeah, that would be sick." Do you know what I mean? And that's that's hell of a cool. Um, and funny enough, some people aren't up for it. So for some people, they just don't really like fancy coming on it. They find it too awkward or too embarrassing or don't really know how to handle it. Um, but yeah like longevity wise i think i'd i really like the idea of having people um not coming up and asking to come on 
but just like having a community where like people are dying to share music and the way that we do it on here is that we have them on and sharing it because i think that's such a cool like idea yeah just have people like come on like interview people talking about the music that they love like one-on-one and it may if if after covid doing it in person inviting people over having a couple of beers and just listening to music and talking about music like that. That's how sharing music should be done. It's how me yeah. and my dad always do it. It was either in the car on a long journey or we sit in the living room when everyone else has gone to bed and we're a little bit pissed and we play each other songs. And that's the, that is literally the way um, music should be done. Yeah. Like, because that's that when you be enjoy it. I feel like you enjoy it the most. That could be your social media as well. You could be What's like, like episode forty-one. Yeah. I've got nothing planned. Who wants to jump on? Da da da, and so on. Like you could do that to start with every ten episodes or something. Yeah, I'm not planning it for you. I, every I obviously have episodes. every know. every fifth of a year. Every fifth of a year. <laughs> Ask if anyone wants to come on. Um, well, I, I mean, know, that's like technically that. that's technically how. Um, the last few episodes have gone anyway it's literally just been apart from like the interviews say like with life like charlie and stuff it's been kind of like like even approaching you and sam and just saying like do you want to do an episode you know um finding the 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 difficulty is that music isn't everyone's like big passion mm. so there there are a lot of people that are very into music there aren't uh, that there's like a less of a broader spectrum of people that love music to the point where they'd be able to share five songs and like go through it. Like the likes of say um, Ellie, when she came on and we did the Harry Styles uh, album review, like she just, she fucking like literally excretes the love for Harry Styles. <laughs> um, so having someone like that, that knows a huge amount more about that kind of thing than me is so interesting it's such an interesting dynamic because i'm leading but she's kind of actually steering does that make sense so yeah. i'm like the engine of the episode but she's like the, the steering wheel um you're the host you keep it ticking along ticking they generate along. Exactly. like the conversation exactly um and and give give different angles that i wouldn't necessarily be able to get at so i think the like realistically the angle that the the podcast should be going now is that we we start getting the majority of weeks people on to come on and just share songs and discuss them and like i want to i want to know why you want to share those songs like why if you have the opportunity to the share five songs any five songs why you've decided those five Mm. what what do they make you feel what song makes you cry if a song makes you cry like what what give, make, gives you tingles like mm. because that's that's those are all the things that music does to me and i want to i love getting into the point where i'm like clawing at that that aspect of that person in terms of music because i just want to like i want to know see what makes them tick see what makes them musically tick musically tick exactly i, I would like yeah i, I want to excrete that from them extract it you got anything you want to play now that makes you musically tick anything oh. spring to mind um let me see 
funnily enough, I was going through, I was like, before this interview, I might go on and listen to all of the episodes quickly and work out all the tracks that have been played Mm. just so I had it to reference. And I was like, actually, realistically, there's no point because I don't need to know every song ever that's been played on the podcast. Like that's, it's like, you're talking to ask what's your favorite one <laughs> yeah. well but that, that see that's that's an easy answer but you're talking at least 200 songs have been played on seeing color now because it's like yeah. five tracks per episode yeah um but if i go on my top 25 most played on apple playlists apple playlist apple music <laughs> um that's a weird mix, you know. Do you, do you, sh- do you want me to read through them? Shall yeah, I tell on. you my yeah, top 25? Yeah, I can read through them. This would be interesting. Okay, so the top one, which I, without a shadow of a doubt, completely makes sense, is Firebird by Milwaukee Chance. Yeah. Um, I've I've played, I think I've probably played that the most on the show as well. I've probably played it like four times without even realizing it. I absolutely adore that song. There's just something there's something about how blasé he is with the way he sings. It sounds so effortless. It's literally like four chords. It's literally boom ba boom ba boom ba boom ba. It's three chords. Um and it just sounds oh, it's just like the the groove of it is just sick. Um second most played song Dance Monkey. Oh, really? Which I, yeah. Oh. Which I wouldn't... I think I, I fell in love with it last year. Yeah, and you didn't how... realise it was number one. No, I had <laughs> no idea. Like... I, thought, <laughs> I thought I was listening to something so niche because I was like, her voice is hell of a good. And then I remember we were sat in Spoons and I was like, what? Is this Dance Monkey? And you were like, yeah, it's number one. Yeah, like, it's all I hear in the van. Yeah. <laughs> You're up. Literally. What? Right. Oh, You're right, what? Though, very unique voice. It is, it is a good song, but I'm surprised it's still number two for you. It's not number two. I'm terribly oh. sorry. I've been... Oh. It's so so that's in my top 25, but it's not my second most listened to. The oh, playlist doesn't put it in order of plays, but I've just gone on songs and ranked plays. So Firebird is my top most played song with 115 plays. Well, and what um, frame of time? Or does it not, get not give? Doesn't give. Nah, well, I got when when did I get Apple Music? Um and it was towards Christmas. When did I get flu? Twenty four. So a year like less than eighteen months ago. Oh fair. Fourteen months ago. Um so yeah, Fiber. Second is A Match Made in Heaven by Architects. I've played that seventy seven times. And I'd say that's because I listen to it basically every time I go for a run. That's like my go-to running song because it's so like mm. motivating and pent up and um, yeah, incredible song. Then it's Hereafter by Architects and that's because I learned it on guitar so I've been playing along to it. Fourth one is Holy Hell again because I learned it on guitar so I've been playing along and that's 49 and 47. Then it's actually, it is Dance Monkey uh, oh, coming okay. in at number five, which is a bit, um, bit of contrast there, isn't it? Yeah. Um, then it's, um, pray for rain by Polaris, 
which is again is a running song for me. I used to I like listening to that song for the start of my run. Um, Amsterdam by Gregory Allen Isakov, which is like kind of the most important song for this podcast because it's kind of the song that made me realize this is what I wanted to do for the podcast, which mm. I kind of I've mentioned before. Um, I remember sharing it with one of the waitresses I was working in at the pub and she like she fell in love with the song and I was like I got literally like a hit of serotonin from like sharing music that then someone found so special and I was like if I could create a thing that did that on a, bit, a bigger level that would be insane and like I, I, honestly I, the best feeling is when someone says to you like yeah I listen to this song now because you played it on a podcast do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's that's literally why this whole thing started was because of that song, Amsterdam. Well, um, did you want to so play shout out one, Lauren? Then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's play. Let's play um, Amsterdam. So I think I played it recently on. Um, I think so. With, with Sam, you but know, bugger it. Well, let's go through the other song. like nineteen songs. So Gregory <laughs> Allen Isakov, Amsterdam. Thank you. 
lovely. Welcome back. That was uh, Gregory Allen Isakov. Isakov? However, whichever way you say it, Isakov. I say Isakov. I I'm still don't know. Every time I say it, I feel like I'm saying it too easily um, for it to be real. Like, just peeling off. Oh, yeah. Do you know Gregory Allen Isakov? It just doesn't sound right. So, mm. Isakov, Isakov. Either or. Well, it's one of them. And that was Amsterdam. A cracking song. And... I suppose a little bit of the inspiration for this podcast, which yeah. um, I know you've spoken a little bit about the inspiration for this podcast before, um, or more of the name of it um, with the whole seeing colour as opposed to feeling like everything's a bit grey and yeah. have no colour. Sure. Um, and I I love the, the idea of that. Um, and like the whole, you know, it, everything's a bit bland and I suppose boring in a way. Yeah. Um, but do you think that, because something I've always thought of you as a person all the time I've known you is that you're incredibly impulsive. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've always, I've, that's been like the main sort of, I suppose, trait. I don't know. It's one of it's one of the main things I would say is it's like a, a common like a personality trait that you have. If you if you are having to describe me to someone that didn't know me, yeah, it would be like amongst the three words that I would choose, and yeah. the first two being incredibly fucking. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought you were going to say massive cock, and not <laughs> not physically. I mean, personality wise. <laughs> <laughs> Massive impulsive cock. Anyway, uh, <laughs> oh dear. Um, anyway, yeah. Anyway, anyway. It, in, in, I know you've said about it, and it was like it, you were in Cardiff, and, and things were not sort of the way you imagined them for one reason or another, and things began to feel a bit grey. Sure. Do you, and and I've noticed that. And I, I mentioned this earlier as well with like the whole you take a, you you're you're good at knowing when to sort of pause, as well as yeah. being impulsive. You're good at sort of going. Do you know what? At this point, I'm happy to take a, a couple steps back just so I'm on like surer footing. Sure. Would you say that's like like a response to being overwhelmed, or you just know? inherently where the line is oh it's 100% out of um, being overwhelmed it's burning the candle at both ends and then realising um, but I guess after a while it's, it becomes a thing of um, learning from your mistakes like I think that is literally like I feel like the people that have the best lives are the people that experience so many different things and fuck up so much like because if you if you have the strength to pull yourself out and you know when i when i say fuck up i don't mean like as in marrying the wrong person and having two kids and then realizing 10 years down the line that that's not what you want to do with your life that's like that's that's big and that has everlasting impact but i'm, I'm talking like when we're like 18 years old and i don't know meeting the wrong person mixing with the wrong kind of people drinking too much trying weed for the first time like you you learn so much about yourself from pushing the boundaries 
and creating mistakes for yourself. Mm. Um, you know, nothing... I don't, I don't know if this... I've, I don't feel like anything incredibly great can come from being safe. Um, yeah. And, and, and playing it safe. I feel like you either get in, like incredible stuff comes from greatness comes from places of complete accident mm. um, or from a place of, of um, uncomfortable growth um, mm. and I, I've shown you I've spoken to you m- multiple times about um, yes theory yeah um, oh. and fantastic it's it's not it's not about saying yes to everything that's kind of like a good good idea like it's a good, good basis but it's not about that it's it's, it's about um their, their clothing brand is seek discomfort and it's so true it's literally like the best things happen when you're uncomfortable and when it's uncomfortable it's like i don't know get, getting given the opportunity to jump on a coach um, to go to a beach and it's kind of last minute and you kind of had other plans. It's not interrupting. You're not going on your own. It's not like dangerous or anything. It's just a bit out of, and you're like a bit out of your comfort zone and you choose not to. Mm-hmm. Your, your day's not going to be hugely affected. You're not going to be sat there thinking, oh, if only I'd taken that coach. And uh, But then it turns out if you actually went on that coach, you meet incredible people, you explore, you see the sunset, you do this, that and the other. And... I don't know. Since since watching, watching um, Yes Theory kind of tied in with when I left Cardiff, and yeah. I really, I it kind of it, it all fused together at the same time because Yes Theory was what I needed to hear, um, like months before, and then as a result of what had happening with Cardiff, I wasn't really in the position to practice what was being preached. Mm. Um, and I think when you, I always think like when you say impulsive, I always think, oh, I don't think of myself as impulsive. And I guess I see it as the past, my early years of being like a young adult, I was impulsive. And now I feel like it's less impulsive and just more like, it's more like um, in tuned impulse it's not like random just splurge of i'm gonna fucking do this i'm gonna do that um because i i've done that and I, i've crashed and burned as a result mm. but as a result of crashing and burning i've learned from my mistakes and i now know when to take or like to think that more so than i did before that i know when to jump on that coach and when to not so to to, to like quickly put it into perspective you know for a fact my track record with romances is um, not hit and miss, but um, I'm a bit of a hopeless romantic. I'm a bit of a Ross. Yeah. Um, and that's caused... It's not caused issues because I still think it's 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 r- the reason I'm in the mental position I am now, which is, you know, attributed to a huge amount of growth. However... I'm for the for the first time as a result of learning all the lessons I've learned over the past like five years. I'm in a six month limbo before I move to a different part of the country, hmm. and I'm deliberately not looking 
to engage in any form of relationship with a person yeah. because I know what that will, the knock-on effect that will have. I know what that will reduce me to and the fact that I won't be able to give my all and that I've o- I only know to do that because I fucked it so many times. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd say, I'd say I am impulsive and I have been impulsive. Um, but I think it's, as I get older, it's for, for good reason, you know? Mm. Um, I, I yeah. ask because I find the impulsiveness, like that side of it, I just don't get it. I find it really intriguing when, because to me, and I know it, it wasn't, when you decided to move to Cardiff, I found, I, th- yeah. I thought from like the outside looking in that mm. that decision was really impulsive. Mm. Um, it might not have been. You might have been thinking about it, but for me, particularly at that point, I was just like, nah, that I, I need like a year to make that kind of decision, not like a fortnight, which is how it seemed. Um, yeah, oh mate, it was incredible. That that decision was incredibly impulsive. I mean, it was discussed more between myself mm. and my it was girlfriend. Like a hy- 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 hypothetical, wouldn't it? More than anything, it, it yeah, wasn't something that, that. I think when you say impulsive, I think what you're getting at is the idea that of of things that a lot of the hypothetical things that I talk about, mm. I do try and end up doing. Mm. Um, but as a result, like, I mean, you know, if you've listened to um, the majority of the episodes of Seeing Colour, you know, the Cardiff is kind of like the whole spiral to where I am now. Um, so, so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take anything away from Cardiff. And re- I, I don't regret anything. I wouldn't um, change any of that because I, I thoroughly needed that. Because being impulsive can also be a bit of a loose cannon, and you do chase these kind of ideas of, like, I've I've said like Mum and I have said like the relationship I had with the person at the time would have lasted a lot longer than it did had we met at a different time and not moved in together as quickly, mm. because we would have met, we would have got to know each other a lot more in Cardiff previously, um, before we ended uni the long distance wouldn't be, wouldn't have been as definitive for our relationship. Cause we did like six months of long distance between a, like a seven hour distance. Um, yeah. which, which, which then engulfed a flame of, we need to move in as soon as possible. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So if it wasn't so far, then it wouldn't have been such like almost like a need yeah. to like close the gap. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I do think at the same time, so the, those are kind of impulses are driven by like, you know, oh, let's close the gap of the long distance, you know, all oh, moving in with a girlfriend, it's really grown up, moving out of home, because living at the time as well, living with my parents was like, was difficult because I was expected to have moved out so, and then mum and dad were selling the house. So I was in this weird limbo where we were living in this bungalow and I had like a single bed and my clothes were on a coat rail and anyway, yeah, just all, all a bit like we, everyone was kind of unprepared for what was going on the part in that next six months. Um, that's a whole different story. Um, but 
that was kind of like spurred on by that side of things. Mm. Um, I and I completely forgot what I was going to say on the other side of that with impulses. Um, uh, closing the gap, needing to that your impulses are unfounded. I guess is what you were driving at. There's there's thought behind uh, the impulse. So with that, it's it, there's kind of a purpose of oh let's you know make this relationship better. There's a driving force. At the same time as well, um, enabling the impulsivity, if that's a word, and also the seeking discomfort is the ability to be optimistic in terms at, but also realist in terms of what's going on around you. So saying getting on the coach that, that like the metaphoric getting on a coach, mm. I'm thinking, where's this coach taking me? Is it anywhere dangerous? No. Do I have a roof over my head? Yes. It's back here. Will it take me back there? Yeah. Um, you know, do I have phone? Is it going to cost me loads of money? Is it going to put me in debt? No. Lovely. Well, then that's kind of it. I get that from my dad. Um, my dad's my dad's an incredible optimist, sometimes to his fault as well. Don't get me wrong. Like it, it that it's not just if you're an optimist, life is fucking class and, and you, you go about life incredibly. You also mm-hmm. overlook a lot of things as an optimist because you, you could be, you could be an irritating optimist because people could say, you could say, yeah, but oh, the grass is always greener here. It's like, no, I don't need that right now. I need realism right now. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So, so that it, there's a danger in that. But I just feel like, I don't know, even at the times where I've had, um, like, I've when I moved back from Cardiff and, like, financially, I remember I was having to ask, like, I, I think I was even asking you, I was saying like, can you just ping me a tenner and stuff like that yeah. to literally not get me out of my overdraft, overdraft. So yeah. like I was 2,500 pounds into my overdraft and then falling into that as well because of bills that were coming out for this flat in Cardiff and stuff like that. It was just a nightmare and it stressed me out. Don't get me wrong, but like, I was like, I'm going to be all right. Like there's a way out of this. Mm. Um, and I get that from my dad, that kind of optimism, that kind of impulsivity to just be like, you know, yeah, all right, it's fine. Let's just do it. And I think, yeah, I mean, like going up to London and doing that runner job, like having to book a train and a, and a hotel like the night before and stuff like that. Oh, I couldn't have done that. Scary. Even if, scary, it, was, even if it was a dream but, job, oh, it would have done my nut that it was so last minute. I don't know. I, I feel like the excitement kind of drove it over the top. Like I was, I was, cause my mum was saying like, how'd you get here? How'd you get there? And I was like, I'll just work it out. Like I got the train into London Paddington and I had to get to Northwest London to a place I'd never been to, to then wake up in the morning and get an Uber to a place I'd never been to, to meet people I never met. Um, and I kind of just did it. during the pandemic as well? Not lockdown, obviously. But no, I'm sure it was this, in the last year. Yeah, yeah, this is June. This is was back, your birthday, December. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, my birthday. So on my birthday, I went for a and I recommend this to anyone, I went for a twenty-five year cleanse. So I was like twenty-five years old, quarter of a century, 
a lot's happened. Um, and I went, my dad was working. So me and my sister and my mum, we went to the beach and I stripped down to my boxers and ran in the sea and then came back, dried off, had a coffee, put some comfies on beauty. And it was honestly, I felt like a new version of myself in a way. My sister said, you're getting quite hippie at the moment, aren't you? I said, yeah, I am getting quite like hippie and that sort of like, oh, feeling good, being one with yourself. I love it. I love it. You start collecting crystals in a minute. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Hopefully not. Um, But um, so did that and then got the go ahead that afternoon. No, sorry. I got the go ahead the night before that I had to go. Um. Oh, no, did I? I think I actually got the go-ahead that... I got the go-ahead that day. So on the 3rd of December, I got the go-ahead that the the production was going on on the 4th at lunchtime. So at at lunchtime on the 3rd, I then had to book my train and text my cousin and get a train. And then I I drank four tinnies on the train. I got to London Paddington and I was fucking pissed. Because I was running so much then, because I just finished the Movember run stuff, so I was running oh, like yes, four yeah. four days a week, like trying to clear sixty k in a month, and um, yeah, had four tinnies on the train, and it knocked me for six. I was in London Paddington, having to get to Northwest London, like, uh, um, but yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have changed it for the world. It was. It was the it, most incredible experience, and it was all off off the back of se- impulsively sending emails to people I had no business emailing. I found. So, that. I found like the whole. Do you know what's brilliant is LinkedIn. Mm. Like you can see all of these like people that I don't know that you would consider celebrities, and yeah. I haven't connected with these people, but I've just sort of stumbled across their profiles and they've literally got like 300 connections which is like sure. you're going to have like a friend on facebook whereas on their twitter or instagram or whatever they've got like hundreds of thousands if not millions of people well i was you know we've been watching that um well i've been watching it the ghost town one the sarah gordo yeah 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 um i, d- I don't know how but like Sorry, his profile. Oh, that's what I said. Oh, that's for. Bloody hell. Well, we're talking about LinkedIn and like messaging people you've got no business messaging. Um, And you're watching Ghost Town. Ghost Town. Ghost Town guy. Which is fantastic. Um, Yeah. And I Googled how much he bought it for. And then, like, underneath that, it came up, it was like his LinkedIn page. And I thought, oh, well, I've just gone through like a spurt of like adding people on linkedin and i thought oh, fuck it. I'll, cl- I'll click on him see see what he's doing he's literally got like 400 connections and that's it yeah so someone like him his youtube channel's got like eight hundred and fifty thousand subscribers sure. and all of his videos have got like over a mil and it's yeah just nuts for Is context it's imagine... this guy that's bought a ghost town or like a, a deserted town deserted mining like town in um, mining town california i think or yeah, nevada california. Yeah, in um, Nevada desert, and he's trying to he's doing it up, isn't he? Slowly, yeah. oh, but he's, he's got amazing. all these sick videos of like searching through these mines, like the old um, 
what do you call it? Where's the, like the bar, the old saloon and stuff like that. Oh, like, the American Hotel. Hell of a cool. Yeah. Oh, all of it. It's, it's so, so cool. cool. It's so cool. Um, but yeah, mate, that, that's, that's sometimes the beauty of social media. Like I said before, like this, this band captives, like I, for me, I'm like, I'm listening to them every day on my, on my music. They have like 6,000 followers on Instagram. Mm. So as a band, like it's, it's very early days, but then I'm thinking, well, right, and interview them with captives, and they post that on their um, on their story and say, like, oh, go check us out for this interview. There's at least 50 people that follow captives that would just want to listen to the interview, regardless of the host, yeah. just because it's an interview with them. Um, and that's sometimes the beauty of social media is that... Um, Social media can either blow something out of proportion, so you're never going to get in contact with people that, you know, just because of the way it works and stuff. But then other times, there are people like, I mean, the, the way I got that running gig was from emailing people that were credited in an architect's music video. And then he emailed me back and was like, oh, yeah, I was in your position. Why didn't you come and do a running job? Like, the world it works in mysterious ways mate but it, it's it's such a doable thing you know I mean like you can yeah, you can match with him on match match with him match him on Tinder swipe right on the producer Tinder. of an architect's video uh, yeah you, no, you <laughs> could you could connect with me on LinkedIn and message him and just go like want to fly me out and I'll come and help or something like that and he might he might read it not he might not read it he might read it and then go you're off your fucking rock and payer. Yeah. Like, I'm not doing that. Or he might go, uh, I mean, if you pay for yourself to get out here, yes, you'll have food and a place to live and stuff. And yeah. then that's it. There you go. What's nuts is that I was looking for, because I've got an internship module at uni, which I um, haven't been uh, oh, doing too much on, which um, I'll glaze over that side of it. Um, I connected with um, someone who's credited as being a producer for a YouTube channel that's got, like, six-odd million people. Oh, wow. Like, subscribe him. Actually, message me back, saying, yeah, pop me a CV and, like, this other stuff, and I'll pass it on to whoever needs to see it. I, I haven't heard anything back as of yet, but it was just, it was so, like, I was like, what the fuck? Like, Surreal. I had a response from someone who was a producer yeah. on this channel. Yeah. Like, just to get a response is nuts, because I was, yeah, I sent yeah, off yeah. loads of, like, sort of semi-speculative emails to these, like, tiny environmental uh, consultancy companies in Cheltenham. Mm. And I didn't get a response. No. Like, and literally, like, four or five people work there. It's all I'm, all I'm asking for, literally, is, like, a week's worth of stuff that I can write, a, like, 1,500-word report on. Like, sure. I, don't, I don't need much. I just need something. And yet, this random thing, that I didn't, I didn't even message them for like the internship module that I had to do. I just done it because I thought, well, now I'm an undergrad. My, my LinkedIn looks a bit more like professional than what yeah, I had yeah, had yeah. like previous. Not the, yeah, sure. the degree is everything. But like, you know, it gave me that little bit of confidence to actually reach out you to just, these people. You look, you look up and coming. Exactly. The, yeah. And it's, um, yeah, it's interesting the way, the way social media and interactions podcasts youtube channels the lot right all of it yeah i suppose because of covid the last year it's just gone mad well 
I'll tell you what, mate, is that's the thing. I was, having a, I was having a good old chat with my dear friend Sam, and um, I'm sure he won't mind me explaining this, but basically there was a, a graphic designer. He's not a graphic designer. He's like a digital artwork person in an industry within a group of people that we're very fond of. And he um, he put out a thing on his story saying, like, I'm looking for a digital so-and-so to do this, that, and the other. And 30% of what he had asked for, Sam can do. 70%, Sam doesn't really have a huge amount of experience in. So it was like video editing and this, that, and the other, Sam doesn't do. Graphic design, Sam does. And I sent it to Sam and said, oh, this looks sick. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. I was just like, mate, send him a message. And he's like, yeah, but I don't do that stuff. And he was, I was like, yeah, but just send him a message. Hmm. And he's like, oh, yeah. I said, this guy has like less than 10,000 followers. Like if you message him, he's going to get it because he's asked for people to message him. Um, you're not, like, you've got nothing to lose. And it took a bit of a conversation. But in the end, it got to the point where I said like, look, like him asking for people to outreach is him putting the ball in your court. And because he was saying things like, he's, what if he looks, what he, if he asks, if he's demanding more hours than I can do, or if he's asking for less pay than I would need, or if um, like the work is stuff that I can't do and da da da. And I said, well, let's cross that bridge where we come to it. You haven't fucking asked him yet. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And like, there's there's so much potential for you to instantly tell yourself not to bother um, with that kind of thing. And that's actually like 80% of like the shortfall of not getting those kind of things because you don't go for it. Like like the message you've sent to this, this producer, like that's sick that you've got in contact. Might not go anywhere from there. Like, and, like I'm... I, I hope it does, I but doubt it. But anyway, but <laughs> you've 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 crossed the first step that a lot of people don't even cross in the first place because because they doubt themselves. And like when I talk about the doing the running job, like I emailed this guy. When I say I emailed this guy, I I sent the same email to like twenty people, and two people got back to me. One person, granted, was, like, the biggest out of all of them, but he basically crushed the dreams and was like, don't do this industry. It's this, that, and the other. It's it's this, that. It's the, 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 the. I sent him a reply, and he never replied. The second email I got was matey, who said, I was literally in your position. I've got a gig in two weeks. Come and be a runner for it. Do you know what I mean? And mm. it's like... I remember at first emailing, I was like, I have no business emailing these people. And I sound like such an idiot. And like, because my whole thing was like, my whole email was sort of like, I'm a 24 year old who has so much burning passion, but nowhere to put it. Um, I love this. I love that. I want to know how you did it, how you got into it, what recommendations you have. Basically just ask you for insights on things. And yeah, there you go. Like, two two twentieths one tenth of of my email um sending or email uh addresses got back to me 
half of those people that got back to me actually offered something. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? But then yeah. as a result of that person emailing back, I went into London and did that. As a result, met like three or four contacts that then might be able to offer me something in the future. COVID has kind of fucked it because there was another um, gig I was going to be doing that got cancelled a week before, which was um, very upsetting. Um, but, um, but you've got links there now, it's the thing. Exactly. Like and that's all are. because of an email that I felt like I had no business in doing. Yeah. No business in sending. And that's the impulsivity. That's the getting on the coach. Do you know what I mean? That's the, the like, the, the beautiful thing, like you're saying with LinkedIn and social media, the coach is actually there. You've got to, you've got to walk to the bus stop a bit sometimes, find the coach, but the coach is actually very accessible. Whether it takes you to the destination you want it to go, completely different story. But the beauty of social media is it's, it's actually quite easy to get. Yeah, it's weird. Like, it's, it's quite, quite like easy to get surreal, on. almost. Like, and yeah. to be honest, a lot of the, the stuff I've done in the last year, really, I've got you to thank. Because, <laughs> genuinely, though, like, it, well, like, 18 months, two years ago, I was, like, I was an old man. I was, you know... You're still I, an I old was, man, mate. Well, I'm still an old man. But whatever, like I was, I was content. Well, not content. I was not like best pleased, but I was like in a job that was going nowhere, and like I, I'd almost accepted it. Like I was, I was this close to just being like, well, this is it now, whatever. Yeah. And then I saw you go off. Like all of you guys had fucked off anyway and got degrees and whatever, and I hadn't. Because I didn't get A levels, but again, that's irrelevant now. By the by, yeah. And then you'll come back. Then you went off again while I'd still been doing the same thing. Yeah. And I was like, "Well, this is just what it's going to be." Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll deal with it. Like, and then you all started moving around again because things weren't going like, and, and eventually, like. It, everything came back to get well not quite everything because Stan still stayed up in Brizzle but like it, it all could kind of worked out in such a weird way that I was kind of like well you know what I'm I'm going to give it a go then why yeah. why not like I'm so I'm not I, I hate what I'm doing and so but why not and then weirdly it was lockdown lockdown was the one opportunity because that's the only yeah. excuse I had at the time was like, I've got no no time to think. Because I'm less a lot less impulsive, and that I'm I'm bringing it back. I'm trying to bring it back to something that we've already spoke about, like being impulsive and that. That's right. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm not at all impulsive. I like to think things through weeks, months, whatever in advance. And I always my excuse was always I haven't quit because I haven't had the time to think about what's next. And then lockdown come around, and I was like, well. Now I've got time. What best to do than pick up as many hobbies as I can and not think about it? And then it was literally like a week before I had to go back to work at the end of the first lockdown. And I sent to you about, um, oh, I've seen this uni thing. I might do it. I might not. And I thought it was one of those classic things where you've seen it. It sounds right. You get halfway through the application, realize it's a bit long and other things get in the way and you can't be asked. 
Yeah. But it was you and Annie, like, not pressuring, but just constant, like, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Yeah. Because you need someone else to see you through these things sometimes. Oh, 100%. 100%, mate. Like, I think the thing I learned, which sometimes, I guess, sometimes might get me into a bit a uh, 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 pickle of trouble. Um, pickle of trouble. I don't know trouble. why I use the word pickle. Pickle of trouble. I wanted to say, <laughs> I, I thought the word was something like, I got... I get myself into a pickle. That's what I was trying to say. But I said pickle. You said in that. Trouble. You just added in trouble. <laughs> yeah, it's just added in trouble. Um, is that I've tried to be honest with loved ones. So not to the point where I'm like, say if if we were, if we went to a wedding and they think they look great and I hate their shoes, I'm not going to tell them I hate their shoes. <laughs> it's not that kind of honesty. It's the kind of honesty where I'm seeing a mate that I love that I know has a lot more potential than than the job they're in. And the only reason they're in is comfort. You know, mm. and that was literally and it I remember it took me a while to kind of be like, I don't want to say that because it's it's not it's not nice to hear. Uh, for, for like for a person it's not nice to hear that that's what someone that you feel is close to you thinks of what you're doing um but what you've got to hope is that that person that you're telling looks past that maybe not instantly but looks past that and kind of they um that they see the the, the wider picture of the reason you're doing it and the thing i guess like i did was i was just like, i was honest with you and i said like like the only reason you're still in the job you're in is is out of comfort because mm. you can stay in that job and just do it because it it doesn't take um it's, it's not that it was just like easy work because you still you 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 know they took their like pound of flesh don't get me wrong like six days a week and you know stuff like that but um you earn your pay, but at the same time, I was like, you could you could just do that and live in the same place, and it w- life would be all right. It would be it would be shocking, but it, you'd be all right. You'd live, you know, you pay your bills, what have you. Yeah. Um, and I kind of like, recently in the past year, I've kind of realised that like it's the responsibility of the ones you love to kind of point things out that other people have no business in pointing out really if it's for the great good and not just like i don't know like i said with the shoes thing like that's a matter of opinion and if that person loves those shoes let them love those shoes because you know like, yeah you know what i mean it yeah. means more to them to love those shoes than it does to you to not like them but when you see someone that you're like i know for a fact that you can do better than that you're doing now and the only reason you're not trying to do better is out of comfort um and for you like you said about the impulsiveness and that you're the complete opposite you played that in your favor because you were like because i'm not impulsive yeah i can't start i can't start looking at things like uni and, and flats and stuff like that because um use it as an you excuse know, you, you're using it as an excuse of course you do of course you. it's a defense mechanism to enable you to continue to be comfortable because what was I said at the fucking start 
with yes theory seek discomfort mm. literally the best things come from when you're uncomfortable if you're uncomfortable you're doing something right because you're pushing the limits of your conscious and your subconscious to enable yourself to do something better if you're not doing that and you're comfortable you're not doing something right so even if even if the, everything you're doing in your day is like so today for me i got up i set an alarm for eight o'clock got up had a bowl of cereal had coffee i had to work today um i've had the interview um with you like i haven't had a huge amount to do i could be very comfortable the one thing i did today was i went for a run at like 11 and it was hot and i pushed myself to go up the hill whatever so that's a different version of it but that's still like it's finding that discomfort in a comfortable day a potentially comfortable day the day before i had a comfortable day where i got up at eight had a bowl of cereal i did work and i sat on the sofa all day and did my work and then continued to then play playstation whilst i was on work uh, i mean after i finished work of course after and you finished. On, on, on the sofa and i remember going to bed and i was like i feel like shit i've mm. been so lazy today um and it's because i was comfortable all day um uh, yeah, I, I honestly can't stress enough how massively the teachings of Yes Theory kind of have played a part in my, like, like well, you know, I said my sister made that comment of, like, you're quite hippie, aren't you? And I was like, like, this whole, <clears throat> it's not meaning of life shit. It's, like, the best kind of ways to... Reach, it's like your own outlook on everything. Yeah. Like, it's the way you view yeah. my, my, how you want to be. Worldly, yeah, my worldly outlook, my, my personal outlook has changed so much over the past year. So much over the past year. I'm so much more mature in that aspect mm. than I was. Would you um, say there is a song that encapsulates that? Christ. <laughs> That's a question. That's that a encapsulates one. that feeling. Yeah. Is there a song for you that's like... Particularly for you in the past, like, year 18 months, like, from making the big decision that if you've been paying attention, you'll know what that decision was, to, yeah, you know, changing many aspects of your life and how you are, and, like, the 25-year cleanse and all that stuff, feeling, getting a little yeah. bit, not a hippie, but I'll use the yeah, word yeah. hippie for want of a better term. Yeah. Is, is there one song that you could almost, you can flick through the key points in the last 18 months on like a montage and there's like a song that you would pick to accompany that montage? Christ. See, I feel like the last 18 months as a montage, you couldn't just put one song because there isn't one song that has enough ups and downs. It's like the the, ne the past 18 months would be like a fucking playlist. Um, yeah the song I guess I'm torn actually between two because there's one that I've mentioned before um, which is Anchor by Nova Amor and that was actually the song I listened to on this was so <laughs> when I said Amsterdam was like the reason for doing the podcast Amsterdam was the reason for doing the podcast the so I played I played this waitress this 
song at Amsterdam mm-hmm. and she fell in love with it. And the kick I got off the fact that I introduced her to a song that she loved was incredible. And then I was going along the lines of what have I experienced in the last sort of six months in terms of music? Um, it sounds like I'm about to cry. It's not. It's because I'm trying to hold in a burp. It wasn't that. It wasn't that big deep of a question. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Keep um, it light. <laughs> <laughs> and the the song, I remember walking to work and I was going in for a seven a.m. shift, so I had to wake up at half past five in the morning and walk into work. Walking into work to half an hour, so I was out the door by half past six, and walking into work at quarter past six because I used to give myself a bit of time. Um, that's probably an absolute bullshit, actually, because I'm pretty sure I was always late. Um, <laughs> and I remember listening. I remember having a discussion with my girlfriend and saying, like, we were, we were kind of just talking about, like, next five-year plan. And I was like, I don't think I want to be in Cardiff the whole five years. And she was like, what? I was like, no, like, I'm not settled here yet. And that kind of knocked her for six. The next morning I woke up and I listened to Anchor by Nova Amore and it threw me back. And I've spoken about this a lot on the podcast is like the idea of music completely and utterly just placing you in a moment Mm. of your life. And this song placed me in the moment of sitting on the back of a boat, um, sailing from, not sailing, but driving because it was a motorboat, driving from the... uh, an island on the Great Barrier Reef back to Cairns with two, the two good mates that I was traveling with, the girl that was kind of showing us around um, and sitting with my headphones in and seeing the sun, the wind and, and just playing that song and the freedom that that moment instilled compared to walking into work in Cardiff at quarter past six in the morning was overwhelming. It was like that sense of like, this is how I was like less than two years ago. And this is where I am now. I don't want to be where I am now. I want to be back where I was two years ago. And it wasn't like a, as in, I want to go off and shoot off traveling. I had that moment, but I knew overall it was like, I need to be, um, I'm not settled yet. I need to be going somewhere uh, or, or, or at least like experiencing things. So when I showed this girl this song and she fell in love with it and that sparked that idea, I was like, I also want to, with the idea of presenting people music, I want to present people music that I feel instills that kind of feeling as well. Music that you can that tell a sense. story alongside. Yeah, 100%. So... I say, even though I've played it before, and I feel like the reason I've played it before uh, alongside the Gregory Allen's cover is because I've literally done a story or a podcast episode about like the origins of, of, of the podcast. But yeah, it'd be Nova and more anchor well, for that reason. Let's, uh, let's give that a listen, shall we? Let's give it a listen. There we go.
take it upon myself to say <laughs> thank you ever so much taylor for the, the switcheroo um for for today's episode i hope you ladies and gentlemen have enjoyed it um 
it's going to be an interesting one to listen back to and edit, I think. <laughs> um, try and reduce it down to a, an actual listenable um, amount of time. But um, nonetheless, it's been really good fun to kind of s- sit in the other seat. Um, and yeah, yeah, like thank you ever so much for allowing 40 episodes. Not that you have a fucking choice because I could put them out anyway. Um, but it's been it's it's been a a roller coaster this past year for multiple reasons, but it's been incredibly enjoyable to put out the 40 episodes. Um, and you know, you know what? In terms of milestones, mate, I'd say I'd be annoyed if I didn't hit a hundred. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I'd say that's my that's my thing. Well, I everyone's wanna, hoping you do. Captives level interview, hundred episodes. Mm. Um, I feel like those are two reachable goals, sizable goals. But yeah, thanks ever so much, mate, for for taking on the the dubious task of um, any time, mate. Me questions. Thank you for the just over two days worth of content. <laughs> it's been uh, it's been good. I always enjoy coming on. Yeah, no, absolutely, mate, absolutely. Well, thank, thank you ever so much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm gonna swiftly, I think, um, brush my teeth and go to bed. Mm. Um, I need to finish my JD. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm all out of beer now. So, um, what, what a time to end it. Well, hopefully, mate, next time we do an in, uh, do a quality episode, it might actually be in person. Ooh, um, wouldn't that be a novelty? Be lovely, wouldn't it? Um, and as always, ladies and gentlemen, c.in.color on Instagram. Give me a message if you want to come on, have some beers, get on, uh, get on Zoom. Maybe even in person soon. Um, I'm a poet and I didn't know it. And um, yeah, well, thank you ever so much for 40. See you in episode 41. See what happens. It can only go up from here, right? I should hope so. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Thank you ever so much. And uh, big love.